0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Beautiful
2: morning. Ah, good morning. It's Monday. It's a Deep South Dining, and you're tuned to MPB Think Radio, Carol Puckett Palmer and Malcolm White. Good morning, Carol.
3: Good morning, my friend. How are you this morning?
2: I am well, and you?
3: I'm well, and I'm sad.
2: Yes. We lost a great friend uh, this show, this state, uh, and certainly our circle of friends uh, lost a great storyteller, a great outdoorsman, and a fine cook. A fine cook. That's right. The passing of the one and only Bobby Cleveland. And so we want to remember Bobby this morning, and we hope you will join us.
4: It, well, after I've got to be an outdoor rider in Jackson and started deer hunting and, and getting a few deer before Thanksgiving every year, my mother fell in love with a dish that we cooked call, uh, that I uh, came up with. It's just venison tender. It's backstrap loin, mm-hmm. um, and you take the one, you take it, and you cut it into steaks that are about uh, six inches long and about an inch and a half square. It's just almost, almost like a finger. I don't know what you'd call it, but just. Season it a little. We marinated a little bit in red wine, but just, I don't know, wine that didn't need it. Why not? They really didn't need it. Uh, and then cook it really quick on a hot fire uh, on all four sides, but we would rub it in Jezbel sauce. Mm. Oh, my goodness. And anything. Which is? Uh, apple. Uh, apple. Uh, apple j- jelly. Jellied, pineapple <laughs> preserves, a horseradish, dry mustard, and cracked black pepper. And we cook. We make it every year. I usually make it last weekend before right. Thanksgiving. And it'll last you all the way through Christmas. So we'll get three or four meals. It's great with lamb, but it's really good with venison. And if you rub that on the outside of the steaks along with whatever your rub is, dry rub, it forms a really nice glaze that gives you a little crunchiness to the outside. And you cook it to a rare, no more than medium rare. Pull it at like 126 degrees and they'll cook all the way up to whatever, you know, they'll cook on up to 130. And then you serve it with, you, you reduce the, uh, Jazz, some of the jazbel till it's a liquid state, so you can drizzle it over the uh, medicine wow. at the table. And it, it's so tender, and it tastes better than a flaming yarn. Really. And then another thing we do is we take a whole hind quarter off of it.
2: And that was the late-grade Bobby Cleveland, who was a guest on this show November 25th, 2019. If you want to hear the entire podcast of Bobby, Uh, On the show, it is entitled Thanksgiving Part Two. And you can, Java can tell you all about how to podcast this show and many others on MPB. Yeah, if you want to go directly to the Deep South Dining podcast, it's Deep
5: South Dining. MPB Online. ORG, or you can uh, subscribe using your favorite uh, podcasting app. All right, Carol?
3: Lots of tributes to Bobby on television, radio, like us yep. and in the press and you know his brother Rick you know, we call them the Cleveland because <laughs> you know there was often not well they're often together right well, you don't, they were you don't you never get one without you know get one without the other but in Rick's column on Bobby for Mississippi today it talked about his gumbo and I think so many people Everybody who knew Bobby knew that he could make a mean gumbo.
2: With an alternative roux that he learned to make after he uh, had a heart attack uh, some 24, 25 years ago. Years ago.
3: ago. But uh, but this is what Rick wrote. He said, let's put it this way. A lot of seafood and a whole lot of love went into his gumbo. It was always rich and sweet. Spicy. Yeah,
2: indeed. If you were blessed enough to know them, you know what we're talking about. And if the Mannings are the first family of football in Mississippi, the Clevelands are certainly the first family of sports writers. And Bobby will be greatly missed. And we are fortunate to still have Ricky uh, at the typewriter or the keyboard, as well as Tyler. And they have their own podcast. Yes, they do. Which is very successful. But our condolences to the whole Cleveland family, to Pam. Uh, Rick and Liz and Tyler and Annie, uh, Bobby will be greatly missed, and we appreciate the fact that we were in his presence for as long as we were. Amen, brother. All right. So last night, uh, Carol, I was I resumed the Stanley Tucci CNN. Discovering or Finding Italy, whatever it's called. Uh, have you watched any of that? I
3: have not. What did you discover in Italy?
2: Well, he was in Venice, and it was a great history lesson about the history of Venice and the foods uh, that are eaten there and the traditions, some traditional, some non-traditional. But uh, Stanley Tucci, uh, the actor, <coughs> uh, has. this is the second part of these uh, Finding Italy uh, Stories on CNN. There was a whole first uh, series, and this is – last night was the first of the second series. So it's very interesting. If you like food, foodies, you like travel, you love uh, that sort of stuff, uh, tune in. I believe it's mostly on Sunday nights on CNN, uh, the Stanley Tucci uh, Italy piece. And another thing, uh, the new Julia – The Julia Childs, I think, Julia. Whatever it's called. Julia is the name of it. We'll we'll air also, it sound like a commercial for CNN. I'm not. I just happened to be watching last night. Uh, May the 30th, they will broadcast the new Julia. I guess it's a documentary or special, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, can't
3: wait.
2: So that's a couple of tidbits that I picked up by watching the television last night. In between baseball, of course.
3: Of course. Well, I've been busy this week because um, I had an issue. Mm, I had a oh
2: disaster. Boy. That's right. So, this happens. Uh, it happens
3: it, when you open the freezer and you see <laughs> that things are dripping and thawing.
2: So, you your freezer went out on you.
3: Dun, 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 dun. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How did but, you discover this? It, it,
3: well, I was going to get some Wilson sausage from... Crystal yep. Springs out of the freezer mm-hmm. to cook my shiny new husband for breakfast. Right when I discovered this, so there has been a whole lot of cooking going on.
1: Mm. So I
3: mean, I was pulling stuff out of there so fast, and I made kind of a little list of all the things that that um, I made. First of all, I had a big giant turkey breast.
2: Ah, so, so what was the I future I did of that?
3: Ina Gardens herb roasted turkey breast
2: oh okay I yeah it's like an yeah. eight
3: pound turkey breast i know you like that so that was the first thing then so you
2: salvaged the turkey i
3: breast. salvaged the turkey okay. breast Next. actually there were two turkey breasts okay one to uh john's brother jim one for us i, I didn't know if you were home So I couldn't drive Otherwise, I would have gotten one, I'm sure. Then I had bags. I'm I'm the turkey carcass saver. Anybody that has a turkey carcass, I save to make turkey stock. So I had bags, like three bags of
2: turkey bones. So you're like that person uh, who collects the Christmas trees after Christmas and throws them in the lake to build brim beds. Yes. But you take the turkey carcasses.
3: You know, a giant stockpot on the stove of... you know, cooking down turkey bones or mm. turkey stock. Made the turkey stock.
2: Yep. Then
3: Check. took all the bags of leftover little pieces of turkey I freeze to make gumbo and turkey soup and all that kind of stuff. And I made April McGregor's turkey gumbo But I used all of my venison sausage, no andouille, no andouille for us, but had a lot of venison sausage.
2: So you made a venison sausage and turkey gumbo.
3: Yes, I did.
2: From April McGregor. From
3: our friend April McGregor. Terrific. But the piece de resistance was (laughs) all the wagyu beef. Oh, boy. Hamburgers we had gotten from the Flora Butcher. Yes. Like eight of them, Mm. big old thick Butcher hamburgers. That became a wagyu beef meatloaf. Oh. It was fine.
2: Wow. So you here you've got this roasted turkey breast. You've got turkey and venison gumbo. sausage gumbo. And now you've got this wagyu, meatloaf.
3: Yes, meatloaf.
2: And what did you put in your meatloaf? Tell me how you prepared your meatloaf. Okay.
3: Well, just, you know, sauteed some onions, um, you put in eggs and breadcrumbs, shaped it into a loaf on a big mm-hmm. cookie sheet, and poured like ketchup all over. The top. I was
2: wondering what uh, tomato topping you used.
3: Well, you know, sometimes I make the topping. In one of Robert St. John's cookbooks, he has, you know, a, it's a ketchup like topping. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. You maybe add a little Worcestershire sauce or
2: something, but I went straight from the Heinz bottle. Well, speaking of tomato ketchup, let me tell you, I am on a two-week diet (gasps) uh, for high potassium. Not low, but high potassium. Now that's weird. I've been given a full page of things that I cannot eat, which includes tomatoes and tomato products, tomato juice, but beans and potatoes and ground beef and steak and so many things that it's unbelievable that are high in potassium certainly bananas coconuts no uh no guacamole it's it's <laughs> this is so me.
3: sad but i mean this is so malcolm-like to have high potassium I mean, instead of low potassium <laughs> java
2: so you you've heard of
5: such a thing you can't eat those things
2: i cannot eat because anything that, that's rich in potassium no broccoli no spinach wow it has been so weird trying to figure out what to eat. That's what I was going to say. What can you? Pasta, you have this long list rice. You Carol, I'm you on rice. Okay. Well, the, good. You've got two Brooks Farm. I can't eat bran. I eat bran cereal every day, or I did. Can't, no bran. No bran products. Okay. Java, some, no chocolate. No chocolate. Fiber no no sequ- dairy. <laughs>
3: It's no secret that, that you and I we have a little meat on our bones. Oh yeah, come and on. And Malcolm, this skinny guy—it's I mean, not. I mean, it, it ain't right. It's so restrictive.
2: It's wrong <laughs> that, in so many ways.
3: Because he's never had. He has never had to think about one thing that he eats. No. I mean, he can make the fried platter. Oh, yeah, He can yeah. make the dessert. He, He's one I of those two one one ice people. cream bars yeah. those before I go to bed. <laughs> he used to call me when I was driving back from my job in Greenwood and get, him, get me to bring him a lemon pie
2: oh, from
3: Mockingbird Bakery. Yep. Yeah,
2: Martha Foose. Yeah. Mm, yep. Bless you, child. Well, it's a busy month uh, here in May. And as mentioned before, it is National Barbecue Month. And uh, Mississippi has a bunch of barbecue places. It is, I think, true that Mississippi does not have a distinct barbecue style. Uh, We are not like Memphis or Tennessee Pool or Kansas City or Alabama or or North Carolina. Or Western North
3: Carolina.
2: Those places have a style. Yes. And Mississippi, there are a lot of barbecue cooks, a lot of barbecue places, and some are sort of... Kansas City style, some are Memphis style, some are Alabama style. In fact, there's a new restaurant that opened up in Madison that is about this whole Alabama barbecue white sauce The white style. sauce.
1: So it's anyway, about
2: time. But it is National Barbecue Month. Well,
3: you know, I think it would be a worthy project to come up with a Mississippi barbecue style. I mean, you maybe mean we could do like... Comeback sauce on barbecue or uh, uh, I mean just something. If Alabama has white sauce, South Carolina has mustard sauce. They do. North Carolina has vinegar-based tomato sauce. We gotta come up with if, something. Yeah. Well
2: anyway, if you disagree with this, please let us know. If you think Mississippi has a distinct barbecue style, I challenge you to call toll-free one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four and explain it to yeah, Carolina. Explain explain I what it Mississippi's to us and, barbecue style. And if is. you
3: have a proposal for a Mississippi specific sauce
5: It may not be a barbecue style, but I have found out that we are very unique with our places that we get barbecue from. As in gas station barbecue. Oh yeah. So that may not be that may, it may not be a, a quote unquote taste, but our style could be gas station barbecue.
2: I yeah, like you know, some, of, I, some of the uh, best. That is
3: very perceptive.
2: I like it. That is a great <laughs> place to start this idea. conversation because yeah, unique barbecue joints.
5: Yes, and I mean it's like at the Texaco, the Chevron. Yeah. <laughs> those are the places where you get barbecue. You have to. Plan your lunch hour around because you will be
2: standing in line. Visit <laughs> Mississippi and a barbecue gas station. Yeah. Or something like that. I wonder that. if there's a barbecue trail. I don't know why it's not. Well, I've, I've seen know, one on the internet. Okay. Well, uh, we,
3: sh- we, could, we could make our own. I mean, we did yeah, start the tamale trail. You know. But um, I, I'm thinking about my dad. He was my dad and your buddy. He loved barbecue. Mm-hmm. And he would keep his windows rolled down whenever he went to a new town because ah. he, he'd say where there's smoke, there's barbecue.
2: I love that. I love that. It's
3: a truism.
2: Rolling down the windows and sniffing your way into a new town to try to sniff yep. out barbecue. That's right. This is good. Yep. Yeah.
3: Good yeah. stuff today.
2: All right, we want to take a break, or we want to take a call here, Mr. Uh, Producer. We're going to take a break. And just as we go out, we want to remind you that there is the Pig & Pint in Jackson, the E&L Barbecue, the Pig Out Inn in Natchez. Love Little Dewey and those fried ribs. The Airport Barbecue in Cleveland. And
3: how about the Shed in Ocean Springs?
2: and Kermit Soul Kitchen in Tupelo.
3: And up in Horn Lake, we have the Memphis Barbecue Company.
2: And there's still one Coleman's Barbecue, I think, left in Senatobia or somewhere up there. Yeah. Y'all call and
3: tell us about some others.
2: Yeah. All right. It's time for a break. When we return, we want to hear what's going on in your kitchen. Remember, May is Barbecue National Barbecue Month. So call in. Talk about barbecue if you like. Later on in the show, we will share some interesting barbecue tips from Chef Don Paul from Southern Recipe southern recipe so stay with us we'll be back and we will continue this conversation right here on deep south dining mpb think radio hey this is larry morrissey with the mississippi arts commission i'm one of the hosts of the mississippi arts hour the arts interview show on think radio We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. Welcome back to Deep South Dining, and for those of you who are keeping track, it is International No Diet Day, Carol. <laughs> Except for Malcolm White. Yeah, yeah. I know it. You on, Who has hypotensia? There's, just, there's
3: justice. <laughs> Java, we don't need to be on a diet today because oh, no. it's No Diet Day for us.
5: Yes, ma'am.
2: <laughs> Carol, it is also National Coconut cream pie day.
3: Oh. You know how happy that makes yes, me. Yes, I do. You know, I had I wrote a story for Delta Magazine a few years ago. It was a cover story about the best pies in Mississippi. So, mm. you know, part of my gig was to drive around, actually there were the best pies in the Delta, mm. drive around tasting pies. It was you, it was tough.
2: You were paid
3: I was paid not very around. much. In fact, the pies, you know, made into my <laughs> into my, you know, measly pittance. But uh-huh. the best, wow. best and coconut cream pie ever is the Crystal Grill, Greenwood, Mississippi. Uh-huh. The best coconut cream pie.
2: Well, what other pies did you t- write about in this article that you wrote? I wrote Delta about
3: uh, the chocolate pie from blah 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 in Yazoo City. It's kind of by the Wizard Car Wash uh, there. I can't <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> the barbecue place. Uh, no, no, it's a it's like a meet and three. Oh, okay. they have a chocolate pie. The Varsity in Belzona mm-hmm. has. It had also a very good coconut cream pie. Gotcha. Sadly, Connie's is no longer with us in Leland. Very, right. very good lemon pie.
2: I enjoyed that place.
3: But the Crystal Grill, you heard it here.
2: Let it rock if you want a good uh, coconut cream pie. You got it. All right. We got a caller on the phone all the way up down south in Mobile, Alabama. It is Mikey.
1: Hello, Mikey. Hey, good morning. I want a lemon coconut pie myself, okay? <laughs> I'm
2: with you. Why not?
1: <laughs> okay, come on. Uh, but uh, the, I have an idea that worked for me that I would like to share. Okay. Um, uh, it, it goes with some of the things y'all been talking about. Barbecues. Um, uh, the, the times that I've been to barbecues where people were going, well, we don't know what to serve vegetarians first of all, hmm. um, and, uh, you know, I mean, that's uh, that's a personal choice, um, and it's usually not one that's made by people who are putting on barbecues.
6: Right.
1: Uh, uh, but meatloaf, y'all were talking about meatloaf, and I was thinking the, the most successful meatloaf recipe that I've ever made was one that I made um, when I was not vegetarian, with ground beef, and people are always going, "Oh, meatloaf is so dry, or turkey is so dry, or whatever." And I, I just instead of putting um, a bunch of other stuff and, like, I don't know, breadcrumbs or something, oh. uh, I, I put in a can of field peas.
2: Oh boy, field Good
1: peas! Good old Mississippi product. It enhanced. The protein it enhanced the taste. It elevated the taste to where my Baptist <laughs> relatives are going. What did you do to this? <laughs> you you know. rocked
2: the meatloaf. You I put in know. Peas. I
3: know something you can serve a vegetarian at a barbecue. What's that? Carol? I learned it from Java. Okay, a carrot hot dog.
5: A carrot hot dog. You can if you grill it. You, uh-huh. If it's if it's one of the big thick ones, and then you grill it just well enough, it'll become a little mushy on the outside, crispy on the outside, and you put it on the bun if that's what you want to do.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> brush it. Brush it with a tiny bit of simple um, sugar made with brown
6: sugar.
2: Yeah, except sweet the baby. carrot's already so sweet. If that's what did. you want to do. Yeah, <laughs> right. Java
3: introduced us to this concept. He yeah. had one carrot somewhere. Dogs. Yes, carrot mm-hmm. dog.
2: That's fine.
1: Yeah, I'm with him.
2: Well, Mikey, thanks so much for listening and calling. We appreciate the tip of adding a... She said a can of field peas uh, to your meatloaf, or you could cook your own field peas from yes, scratch. or and you could
3: use the ones from my freezer, the lady peas.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the defrosted lady, lady peas. peas. What would you do with all of those? They were in the gumbo, too. <laughs> oh, you, <laughs> you put the lady peas in the gumbo? Uh, yeah. I mean, why not? Wow. Well, it is. Uh, it has become May, Carol. It's May now. I don't know if you knew that.
3: Uh, it, how did Yesterday it happen? Yesterday at
2: noon... The sirens rang, and that tells us it was the first day of May. May Day, I guess you would say.
3: Yes, it is. Uh, You know, I, I wanted to go back to something about barbecue. In a former life, when, you know, I used to go to a lot of food events with my wonderful job at Viking Range. I attended a very high level seminar. Very at the high Aspen level. Food and wine
2: <laughs> festival. John and I were not there. It's
3: very high level. <laughs> and and the and you know the ticket was it was wine and barbecue. Okay. And the they posited the question what wine goes best with barbecue. So there are all these chefs from all over, about 100 people in the room, and they have flown in barbecue from some a place in St. Louis. So oh we had a plate with barbecued beans, slaw, and pulled pork in front of us. Then mm-hmm. we had a placemat with wine glasses, and they had a very formal wine tasting to say Does a Pinot Noir go best with barbecue? Hmm. Does a Grenache? You know, whatever.
2: I think a PBR goes best with barbecue. Well,
3: this was about wine because it was the Food and Wine Festival. Oh, oh, okay. Gotcha,
2: gotcha, gotcha.
3: And they had, you know, a panel of judges, uh, Mm -hmm. very high-level chefs. High-level. High-levels, where you and Java would certainly be. (laughs) But you want to guess what wine goes best with barbecue?
2: Some sort of white uh, you're, you're I'm good. gonna say like an Italian white something. I don't you're know.
3: You're so good. I you're just so made good. That up. It was champagne, oh, champagne. Bubbly. Prosecco. The bubbles cut as, they, as these people were explaining the these wines these wine snobs were explaining that they voted that the bubbles yeah, you know, cut through the, the barbecue and was very flavorful.
2: So Wow. There you have it. Some people like to drink a a soft drink or a sparkly drink with their barbecue. Same concept, I
3: suppose. Or Coors Light. Coors Light. Why not? (laughs) Modelo. Or Pinoy. I don't really know that. People will drink wine with their barbecue, but it was a food and wine festival, so they had to come up with... So,
2: so you were at the Aspen Institute in Aspen, Colorado.
3: No, it was the Aspen Food and Wine Festival oh, and, in Aspen, Colorado. Aspen, Colorado. They yes. flew
2: in Kansas City, pulled Bar-
3: Yes, they did. And, and I, I wish I could remember the name of you know of the restaurant. They sounds blew like it a in. good
5: sketch. Yeah, from <laughs> SNL it's, or
3: something. It was that is exactly what it was like. Well, but what a gig! What, what a gig. gig! Yes,
2: goodness gracious! <laughs> Your former life—it was amazing.
3: It was amazing. It was nearly as good as this one. No,
2: all right. It is May, Carol, and there are a number of large-scale holidays in May. Thursday is Cinco de Mayo, right?
3: Yeah, for me, it's Margarita Thursday. You, you, I was gonna
2: say you got plans. <laughs> plans with some limes <clears throat> yeah.
3: and some tequila.
2: So I'm sure there are a number of celebrations around the state of Mississippi and beyond our borders that celebrate Cinco de Mayo.
5: Which is not to be confused with uh, Mexican Independence Day,
2: which is in September.
5: It's uh, uh what's it, the Battle of France? They, they beat the France on May the fifth, or something like that. but um, I know it's not Mexican. It's not like the Fourth of July uh, for Mexico. Right, it's often I
3: think it's more of an American celebration too.
5: Yeah, as yeah, well, we've Americanized. But and, I know. And how
3: will you celebrate?
5: Well, we're probably going to just do tacos at the house. Um, Taco uh, Thursday. Well, yeah, instead of, instead of Tuesday. But um, I know all of the Mexican restaurants around the city. They usually like rope off a section of the they parking have a big lot. Party. And, yeah, it's they it's, have it's, bands, a, it's a big deal.
2: Music. Uh,
3: and what about the White House hole?
2: Very quiet on Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Very quiet. <laughs> also, ladies and gentlemen, the Kentucky Derby will be run this Saturday. And there is quite an array of flair and foods and fashion that accompanies the Churchill Downs and the Kentucky Derby, which lasts about, what? Two minutes.
3: Yeah, it's it's short, but I'll itself. tell you something. It it's to me it is <coughs> the world's greatest sporting event. Really? To attend? Yes.
2: To attend? Okay. I've never attended.
3: I was lucky enough to attend with my father several times, and I am the oldest of six children, and I am the one he chose because I got all into the hat.
2: I want to hear about that. I hat. mean,
3: you want to have, you know, some people just wear these little bitty, very modest. Hats, But the Derby is about big hats, mint juleps. It's about country ham and red-eye gravy with grits. And your favorite, Kentucky Derby pie.
2: Well, let's talk about that pie. How do you make Kentucky Derby? I don't know. It's chocolate, correct or not?
3: uh, We're supposed to
2: know this. Yeah,
3: we're supposed to know this. I just know you mentioned to me that you love Kentucky Derby pie.
5: Of course I do i know we can contain bourbon or not contain bourbon the pie the pie yeah <laughs> yes. i mean hey it's, it's there's an
2: awful lot of bourbon consumed on and, and, kentucky in kentucky yeah, yeah at the kentucky derby uh-huh. so I we can only the, imagine the pie contains con- some of this uh aforementioned bourbon
3: yes i'm looking up the recipe now okay, because malcolm good. we should we should have known this
2: i know well sometimes we know
3: semi-sweet chocolate bits melted butter eggs Flour, pecan, sugar, vanilla, but put together with a lot of love.
2: If you make a Kentucky Derby pie and you'd like to tell us how you make it, all you have to do is pick up your cell phone and it's toll free and dial one 672 7464 or just simply shoot us an email.
3: Yeah,
1: the or tell food. us
3: about your mint julep. That'd be good. You know... I did take some time over the weekend to look at mint julep recipes because the mint julep—it's—I uh, mean, I wouldn't say it's controversial, but people are very opinionated hmm. about their mint julep. In what ways? To muddle <coughs> or not to muddle?
2: Oh, I thought muddling was a must. Well, but, but not I don't to know. some
3: people. So,
2: is that like shaken or stirred?
3: It, it to is. Muddle it is or is not, to not muddle? muddle? Yes, I mean, you want to. Uh, your one traditional recipe is you take your julep cup, yes. you put your mint, and you put granulated sugar mm-hmm. on top of the mint, and then you get a muddler, which looks like a little bitty tiny baseball bat. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were going to have elves playing baseball, you this have, is what they your use. Put it down in the bottom of the glass. Java is is laughing at me. Anyway, he loves you, elf. You muddle baseball. you muddle the uh, the mint leaves and and the sugar to crush. Yeah, so the mint releases its flavor.
2: This is sort of like making
3: old fashioned, where you muddle the fruit. Yeah, or a mojito. You majito. muddle. You, you muddle fruit, okay, go ahead. but mojito uh, has rum. So. You, you have you have your sugar. you have your mint leaves, you've muddled, yes, and then you put either a seltzer water, a club soda, a whole bunch of bourbon, lots of shaved ice. Ice is very important, mm. and you,
2: which you don't have any because your freezer went out.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and you garnish with mint. Now, other people How are you going to
2: make mint juleps? So that it, it's going to be tough.
3: But uh, you know, the other way is to do it in a shaker because shaker people feel like that muddling could make the mint leaves bitter. Mm. So mm. I guess it's just a preference I here. think
2: the Aspen Institute needs to do a they panel study. on this. <laughs> I
3: think they, they need, to, need
7: to study.
2: All right. We've got a caller on the phone. Rebecca is calling us from the capital city. Good morning, Rebecca.
7: Well, good morning, Malcolm. Good morning, Carol. I thought y'all needed to talk to a native Louisvillian. Oh! So you're going to be talking about my personal religious holiday oh. coming Saturday. So I've got a couple of things to add, both for your Derby Pie adventure and for your mint tulips.
2: Goodness, oh, thank um, you.
3: Goodness, thank you so much for calling.
7: Well, you are welcome. You are welcome. First, a word uh, to the wise. Uh, Derby Pie is trademarked by Kern's Bakery in Louisville, and so we're all treading on legal thin ice. If we talk about recipes for Derby Pie and not give credit to Kerns Bakery. Mm. Well,
3: so, I would just like to say that from this voice I believe this Rebecca could be a Rebecca who is a lawyer so I feel I feel confident that we are we are protected.
7: Well, and what I would also say that is why you will find recipe books especially for global that refer to it as famous racehorse pie or first Saturday in May pie or something other than derby pie. That's why but the, there you go. There you go. But the key part is both uh, really fine pecans, which we have in abundance around here, and the chocolate chips, as you said. Uh, the the better the chip, the better the pie. And the key thing is to melt that butter ahead of time, uh, do the butter and the sugar together. I personally don't put bourbon in my Derby pie because I'm drinking that mint julep alongside of it, mm. and that's just a waste of good bourbon, as far as I'm.
3: Good idea.
7: To put it in the pie, so you know people can go either way. But the classic recipe um, is for vanilla, and uh, there, there you go for that.
2: Wow! Thank you for straightening You're us welcome. out on that. So we, could we, were waiting in, we were waiting into legal legal grounds. <laughs> Granted,
3: we didn't even know it. <laughs>
7: See, that's what, that's what I'm here for, to help protect you all through this process. So tell us now, about
3: as, the mint julep. What's your take?
7: Well, the recipe I have comes from the Farmington Cookbook, and it's for mint juleps for a crowd. Because on Derby Day, you're not just making one mint julep. You're making 30 mint juleps. Mm. So the key there, as opposed to doing the individual muddling, I mean, that you would miss the race if you spent all your time doing <laughs> Muddling. That. Yeah. So what you what you want to do is make a mint syrup ahead of time, just a simple simple syrup. Soak mint leaves in it. Mine's sitting in the fridge right now, ready, getting ready for Saturday.
2: Wow! You got to you know, pre cool them.
7: Exactly. So you make your mint uh, syrup a couple of days ahead of time. You know, throw the mint leaves away after they've given their flavor to the syrup, and then it's a simple matter of. Uh, syrup in the bottom of the glass, fill it up with that shaved ice, um, cracked ice, same thing. Not, not ground ice. You don't want it slushy. You want it, you want that texture in between. Um, I then just pour in bourbon, no club soda, please. It's not supposed to be a fizzy drink. And then, yeah, and then stick your mint there in the top and with a little straw that allows your nose to get the mint while you're sipping from the bottom up, and you've got the syrup and the bourbon, and that's it.
2: Wow. There you go. From the master. From the
3: master. Rebecca, we thank you so much for taking the time to set us straight legally and culinarily.
7: Well, these are important issues to me, and I could not let this moment go by. We Gosh, to
2: we, we are so grateful.
7: To it. This, is, this is my week, so... Thank you all. for. All better.
2: right. Happy Kentucky Derby Week for all may, of may our all, listeners.
7: May, may all your horses be winners. Exactly. exactly.
2: Don't bet the farm.
3: <laughs> Have a good day, Rebecca. Bye.
2: Now, Carol, the last we got to touch on Mother's Day. I, I just day. Got to
3: touch on one little you, thing. You, you just go one back. little okay. thing. Do you think that the lovely Mrs. White, Kara, could make a Kentucky Derby pie over the weekend and bring it to us next Monday?
2: Well, we can suggest that. But we, we can don't, suggest, but know, we don't know. We, okay, we don't. She doesn't take orders. You know, <laughs> we'll see. Well, why not? <laughs> we'll see what we can do. <laughs> All right. Let us not forget Mother's Day this coming Sunday. M is for the million things she gave me. O means only that she's growing old.
3: T H- is, because is for she
2: tender loving mercies.
3: Oh, and because she taught me so much.
2: H is for her heart of purest gold. E is for the. I've forgotten that one. Sorry. <laughs> R. <laughs> Yeah. It's the the last two letters.
3: Okay. <laughs> okay. So Mom. Mother's Day's
2: coming up. Yes. Uh, Java, let's hear your plans. I know it's gotta be something going on at the Chapman House.
5: Yeah, we always have a a thing with my mother and my wife. Um and I have to give them actually a shout out because yesterday they threw an awesome tea party for my two daughters because uh, we weren't able to celebrate my youngest, who turned four, birthday. And um, I'll show you some pictures they had on big, fluffy dresses and uh, pedophores from Campbell's and cupcakes and uh, sipping tea with the pinkies up out of the fine china. So salute to those two awesome mothers. And, oh, yeah, we're going to set it out next Saturday, I mean Sunday. Um, and I know my dad is going to handle a lot of the cooking, and I'm going to just...
2: Do whatever I'm told. Would that mean he's going to be cooking on the grill, or is he uh, also a master of the stove? Um, what, both. Both. I know— um, Any ideas what the menu might For my evolve? wife,
5: um, it's going to be some kind of fried catfish, because that's her favorite of his. Okay. And then for my mom, he may do, like, some steaks on the grill or something like that. <laughs> he's a good smoker. Carol,
2: any plans at the Puckett Palmer Estate—
5: my
3: plan is to sit on the front porch and rock with my mom.
2: There you go.
3: That Rowe, makes her happy. Yeah.
2: In the day, back in the day, Dero had some some dishes that she mastered. Am I right?
3: Oh yeah, and she, yeah, she was such a wonderful entertainer. Oh yeah. And she loved having people around the table and was just uh, a master at it. Yeah, not so much a great cook, but a great entertainer.
2: Yeah. Well, and so will, I will
3: entertain her. You will on entertain Sunday.
2: her as you well should. Unfortunately, I lost my mom in 1954, uh, but the memories are still there, and we will celebrate all mothers this Sunday again. Thursday, Cinco de Mayo. Saturday, the Kentucky Derby. Sunday, Mother's Day.
3: <sighs> and National Coconut Cream oh, of Pie course, Day. On I Sunday. almost
2: forgot. All right, we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we want to remind you that May is National Barbecue Month. And we will have Chef Don Paul join us on the phone from Southern Recipe. And he will talk about all sorts of creative barbecue recipes and tips. And we'll also talk about pork, pork rinds. rinds. Is that right? So don't go anywhere. Java's
3: got the rinds by the Java's got chair. a bag
2: of rinds over there. I, I saw them when he was coming in. All right, we'll do that and we look forward to hearing from you. If you are so moved, 1 877 We'll be right back.
7: print-impaired, MPB's radio reading service is here for you. Our dedicated team of volunteers bring the world of news and entertainment to you. For information and to see if you qualify, call us at
3: 601-432-6301.
2: Welcome back to Deep South Dining. Carol, we are ready to welcome our special guest today from Southern Recipe, Chef Don Paul, who is here to help us usher in National Barbecue Month. Thank you, Chef. How are you?
0: a good barbecue it should be every single month don't you think? <laughs> yes it doesn't matter good barbecue absolutely. is a good barbecue
2: absolutely why limit it to one month <laughs> now is. where 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 are you from uh don
0: well you know southern rest of uh, pork uh, rinds we're based in dallas texas okay <clears throat> excuse me i happen to be in the midwest right now so not that southern but uh but we are based in uh dallas texas
2: well, tell us about your brand and and how all that has come about, and and certainly, Java's excited about busting open a bag of these rinds over here. Oh,
0: okay. well, uh, yeah. I got it. I got to tell you, the, Southern. You, you know, pork rinds have been around forever. Yeah. We've been around since
1: 1955. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, anyway, uh, sure uh, it <laughs> so, is the secret, proprietary way to make them, which the great, unique, smoky flavor. Uh, you know, so you know, everybody thinks ah pork rind and all that. You know, my granddad used to eat them a lot, but you know what? I got to tell you, right now they're low carb. They've always been low carb, but gluten free, high protein, all those great things. But you know, when it comes down to it, hey, it's the taste, and that's that's the crunchiness, and uh, that's what's really. And we also have crackling too, it's fantastic, uh, meteor uh, snack. But yeah, I mean, it's a great. Great snack, just a out of the bag, but also we have a lot of recipes, believe it or not, that we use pork rinds crushed right into this. Uh-huh.
3: Yes, I saw pork rind stir fry on yes. your
0: website. Yes, you know, and matter of fact, uh, one of them, uh, a lot of different recipes, but that's where you get these keto, you know, it's, it's, keto is still very very popular, you know, whether people jump in on it or not, but they it, it's it's so nice of a keto product, you know. You're looking for the zero carb, and they're looking for that crunch, and that's where the pork rinds really come in. But cooking with them, I mean, stir fry. You're right, but we have a cornbread that's fantastic, and it's great because you use it in place of flour or a substitute
3: or. I think we need to cue Java.
5: Yeah, what well, uh, we talking about? Because what I have in my hand? Yeah, yeah. With the the, the Southern recipe barbecue?
3: Yeah, pork he, rinds. He used the word <laughs> crunch.
5: This oh 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 that's oh man come on.
3: Listen to that bag.
5: It's not any. It's not any time I don't have a uh, a setup for. Oh my goodness. Oh my
3: goodness. Ah. Uh, again.
5: <laughs> All my radio training
2: going out the window. <laughs> Well, Don, this is your product being joyfully shared in the studios of MPB Think Radio.
0: I, I always say skip the chip where you want to make a good, as we talk about, you guys talk a little bit about Cinco de Mayo. You know, there's nothing like a good salsa and a good pork rind to scoop. You know, it's like a built-in scoop to scoop the uh, salsa up and for the pork rind
2: so don i saw a, a video of you giving some great grilling and barbecue tips one of them was about preparing uh, your grill the, the, you gave out a couple of really nice uh, tidbits one was the aluminum foil and the other one was the, the potato and we, could you share those with our listeners
0: yeah you know sometimes you 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 lose your scrub and brush uh, so to speak you know sometimes i use my utensils i don't know if the dog runs off with them or whatever but just a, a nice um, handful of, of tin foil and you ball it up and you just kind of scrape those grills with that. And I use, uh, and if it's heated, kind of break down the the uh, residue on the grills, so I use the little tongs, and you kind of scrape that through there. But another thing is, is the use potato cut it in half and kind of move it along and it kind of breaks up that. Now, some of your listeners are like, hey, I like that that residue on there. I like that cooked on flavor. But that's, you know, that's fine. Another thing I think is kind of fun is, uh, you know, we all have the our favorite grills. And and I prefer the charcoal. Um, but sometimes you got to use the gas because you want to make it quick and everything. But sometimes your temperatures are off a little bit on your grills. So or your charcoal, you have a kettle grill, you don't have the temperature gauge. I think another one that it's almost a dare but as you have the heat going, um, you put your palm out five inches over the grate. And this is to tell you, figure out if, you, if it's high heat, medium heat, or low heat. But you're five inches over the grate, and uh, high heat is you have to remove your hand after two to four seconds before it gets too hot. And if you can hold your hand five inches above that grate for five to seven seconds, that's medium heat. And if you can hold your hand five seconds or five uh, inches over that grate for eight to ten seconds, that means your grill, your your charcoal is at low heat. So if you have your gauge that kind of went, you know, went, uh, went kaput, you can turn around and use your hand method or it's just, you know, maybe it's a it's a backyard uh, uh, trick or something. I don't know, but it's kind of fun to do that when you have guests around.
2: All right, we got a couple of callers. We're going to take uh, Don. Hang with us now, and you're welcome to join this conversation. Joseph is calling from here in Jackson. Hello, Joseph. How are you?
8: I'm well, and yourself?
2: Man, we're good. Thanks for calling.
8: Well, I'm circling back to the uh, to the mint juleps, but I'm a convert. I was a classic fan, and then I started infusing my bourbon with the mint ahead of time.
4: Oh,
8: and 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 it, uh, it the the alcohol sweetens the sweetens the mint a little bit, and you get the essence. And every kind of every sip you get the essence is is the way to go.
3: Very creative. Okay, a couple of questions: What do you infuse it in? Do you just put your leaves in the bourbon bottle, and how long do you infuse it before you use it?
8: So I'm a, I'm a little sneaky. I pull my leaves off, I put it in a separate container, and then I strain it back out and put it back in the bourbon bottle. Mm. So nobody knows this <clears> one.
3: <throat> so, okay, so how, uh, how long do you let it sit?
8: I, uh, it doesn't need, it need less time than you think uh, a day is perfect. Uh, it can kind of go too long uh, to me and get too strong. I've tried it as long as three days, but I think the sweet spot is about a day, day and a half.
2: Great. And that's a great tip. Thanks so much for sharing that. Yeah, thank you.
3: Thank you. Our listeners will thank you.
2: Yeah. No problem. Okay, we're going to stay in Jackson. We've got a caller. Shannon is on the phone. What's going on, Shannon? looks like you've got an event you want to talk about.
7: I certainly do, Malcolm. Thank you. Um, The Jackson Symphony League annual luncheon event is a little bit of a creative um, anomaly this year. We're having a book signing and uh, viewing of the MPB um, Walter Anderson documentary. And uh, we're very excited to be at the Caprice Theater this year. And we're going to have a bit of a nod to um, Cinco de Mayo. It's May 5th, this Thursday. So we have a deconstructed taco salad, sopapillas, and uh, handcrafted margaritas to knock the, well, Knock your socks off, but also get your day started just right. <laughs> so you can get your tickets at jacksonsymphonyleague.com. All right, and uh, we are really looking forward to a fun event this year. Robert St. John will be there. Um, Mr. Saxton will be there, and maybe even potentially members of Walter Anderson's family. So it should be a wonderful sounds event.
3: wonderful, and we're thrilled that the film has been <coughs> nominated for several. Emmys. Yes. So, that's
2: great. Thank you. Thanks, Shannon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. We invite everybody to join the fundraising fun. Alright, let's see. Next on the calls, we've got Chico calling from Oxford. Hello, Chico. What's up, brother?
6: Hey, good morning, y'all. Um, Don, did I understand that y'all make uh, pork rinds? Oh, yeah. The best pork
0: rinds out there.
6: The best ones. Do y'all get into any of the flavors I'm seeing these days, like uh, salt, vinegar, and dill pepper?
0: Yeah, you know what? Those flavors and what we probably have chili and lime, which is a nice little tang. Um, the, the, our original flavor, which is just a, a standard flavor is the number one, but we do have hot and spicy and, uh, and we, we come in and out with different flavors. Sometimes the season we will do a certain flavor and it'll be uh, like a hatch chili, for instance. And it'll be only a certain time of year. We're kind of bringing it in and out. But, yeah, we found that uh, the most popular is that hot spicy, uh, the original. Uh, and that, and, the, uh, uh, and that's really where we're going with, and it's, it seems to work quite well.
6: That sounds like great stuff. Well, let me, let me ask you. you no, know, this, is, this is the bigger thing to me that I'm going to ask you about. Uh, here in Mississippi, one of my favorite things in the entire world is there's a company over in the Delta, I think in Clarksdale, called Kemp's. And they manufacture, or they, at least they used to, uh, bags of what they label on the bag as fried-out chicken fat, the skin. Hmm. And it is the best thing in the world. I've tasted a lot of good things, and, it's you know, it's my crack cocaine. I cannot resist bags of Kim's fried-out chicken fat. Wow. And have y'all ever considered that, Make, making that yourself?
0: No, you know, because uh, we sometimes, we have to look at the whole market and everything. And pork rinds has been our, and Cracklin's been our mainstay. And as I mentioned, since 1955. And what had happened back in 1954 is the way they rendered the the skin, the pork skin, changed the industry. And our founder's wife, uh, believe it or not, she was home economics uh, teacher back in the day, um, started of testing different ways to make pork rinds and and it's a two process step and that's what makes our pork rinds better now when we talk about making them and getting ready a lot of restaurants will buy in and, and consumers too will buy pork rind pellets and it looks like a it's like a uh, inch by inch um, looks like bacon and what you do is you take just a handful and hot oil at, at home and it just pops up and you get a fresh and you put your own seasoning on as well or use some other seasoning It's kind of a fun thing for kids to do well as long as they're not close to the oil but put those pork rind pellets and they're very hard they go in it and they just puff up and, the, and that's it's kind of fun and amazing you see them all puff up in your pan but that's where you know as we look at different things and and everybody uh, has different flavors they want to try it throughout the country and uh, that seems to be working pretty well.
2: All right. Chico, man, thanks a million for listening and calling. And Don, we appreciate you. And tell us tell our listeners where they can find your products, Southern Recipe.
0: You'll find us at uh, the convenience stores. You can go online, Southern Recipe, uh, I'm sorry, Southern uh, Buy them online. Get them dropped right to your door.
2: All right. Well, thanks to me for being on. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. For my co-host, Carol Puckett Palmer, and our special guest, Don Paul from Southern Recipe. I am Malcolm White, and we ask you to please stay tuned for Marshall Ramsey's show, Now You're Talking, followed by Southern Remedy at 11, and join us next Monday for more Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio.